0: Um, today are we're going to be continue our exploration of the theme of being open to possibilities. That's our theme this month. Open to possibilities. And the way that we're exploring that theme is really about us how we may live and practice a consciousness of being open. You know, that the last song that our singers and musicians sang about us being open. Well, that's what we're talking about in surrendering to it, specifically through the spiritual practice of visioning. Now, what is visioning? Visioning is a contemplative practice that, that involves us reaching for a larger idea. It begins with us practicing and and affirming our unity with spirit of identifying our consciousness as part of that consciousness that contains all possibilities. And when we identify with that, what we are doing is we're opening ourselves up to the impress of spirit. Envisioning allows us to tap into that realm of possibilities much greater than we can imagine for ourselves from our limited perspective. You know, it's one thing to be open to to a larger possibility. You know, it's one thing to be interested in it. It's one thing to be curious about it but it's another thing to embrace it with open arms. And today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about embracing the vision, the larger vision of what life in us, through us is seeking to express in the world and embracing that. Today, we're talking about an evolution of our consciousness. And we're going to explore our part in realizing this vision. So each Sunday this month, we have been practicing or have begun practicing um, the visioning together. And we did at 9.15 to 9.45, we have we had a wonderful um gathering this morning in our fellowship hall, our Zoom fellowship hall, coming together and practicing visioning together. On our daily hour power calls um, from seven to eight, during that time, we have started including visioning questions so that we can cultivate a consciousness with that visioning cultivates You know, for many, um, and I would even say for myself, for quite a while, visioning as a practice can feel difficult to connect to. It can even feel foreign when you're just starting out, when it's new. And and that's one of the reasons why we're creating opportunities for, for you to engage in this practice, to support you in an evolution of consciousness. Now, we've been talking this month about four stages of consciousness. Now, I'm sure there are more than four. I, I know there are more than four. And, but um, Michael Beckwith, who is the one who um, formalized this life visioning, what he calls a life visioning process or this practice of visioning, he um, described the four stages of consciousness or evolution. He broke it down in these four. And you could probably break it down into more, but for our purposes and to make it simple, there are really four ways that we can relate to life, that we can relate to others, that we relate to our, our experience. And being aware of these four stages can help us. It can help us as having a framework to just to, to know where we're at, where are we at? Because there are some symptoms, if you will, with some of these. I mean, do you remember the first stage of consciousness that we talked about? Very first week we touched on the to me consciousness. Now this is where um, Probably most of the world hangs out. (laughs) This is a victim consciousness. This is where life is happening to us. God is outside of ourselves making things happen. We're being tested. We're being rewarded. We're being punished. We feel powerless. And that's a to-me consciousness. Can you think of an area of your life where that may be up for you right now, where it may feel like life is happening to you. And these four stages are not linear. They can, they can all be happening at the same time in different areas, but knowing this and being aware of, am I operating as a victim or even as a martyr, <laughs> you know, get off the cross, they can use the wood. By, if we're aware that we're operating to me as a victim, knowing that there are higher stages, then we can help ourselves step into. It might be gradual, and we might have to keep practicing it, but help us step into a more empowering way to live because each rung of the spiral, so to speak, to me, by me, through me, as me, we are still who we are. But we have a higher, larger perspective. We are open in a larger capacity, allowing more of life to flow through us to eventually where we are operating that, in that as me, the highest stage of consciousness, the, the stage of the mystic. But, you know, so we, most people hang out in the to me, it's happening to me, look what they're doing to me, look what the government's doing to me, someone should do something about that. And then we may have come across a a book, a teacher, a speaker, you may have came across a, a Facebook Live or a spiritual community such as Concordia Center for Spiritual Living, where we heard something that changed our world. We we learned of of spiritual principles and practices and and laws that we can work with to create a life that we would love to live. You know, I remember when I ran across Shakti Gawain's book, Creative Visualization. How many of you remember um, Creative Visualization, that book? That was one of my first spiritual metaphysical books that I ran across and I, oh, I was a teenager and I carried that book with me everywhere. And there was one visualization about imagining a, a pink bubble, you know, pain, a, a put, a, just imagining a pain in a pink bubble. And, and I practiced that. I read about yoga and, and, and about changing our consciousness, thereby changing our experience of life. And that gave me a different perspective. When you learned that there was a creative process that you can use, that there's a law that you can use, the law of attraction that you can activate, I was it, life changed. It was no longer happening to us. But Michael Beckwith says this is the stage of the manifester, the manipulator. Not manipulation in a bad way, but we are seeking to make things happen. And so as we evolve from that victimhood, as we learn that there are laws, we release the blame. We take responsibility for our lives. We take dominion, we use that law and we feel more powerful. It's a more empowered way to live, but it's not the summit. You know, Isaac Newton discovered gravity by asking a higher question. The question that Isaac Newton, he was sitting down one day and he saw an apple fall from a tree. And and the question that he asked was, why do apples always fall down? Why 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 doesn't it fall up or fall sideways? And when you and I, when we stop asking questions like, where am I going to get more money? Where, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places, it seems. Where is the love of my life? How, when we stop asking, how is this going to happen? How, 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 which is a symptom of the by me consciousness, When we begin to open ourselves up to a larger possibility, is there something larger that's wanting to be known like Newton did with gravity? Instead of asking how are we going to stop Asian hate? How are we going to stop racism in all of its forms? How are we going to stop sexism, ageism, xenophobia, poverty, OMG? The by me consciousness is not large enough to solve those problems. Something larger is wanting to emerge. There's something larger that is wanting to be known. And when we take responsibility meaning our ability to respond. We take responsibility to demonstrate even a higher consciousness, moving from victim to manifester. And then when we realize that the how, how, how isn't getting our needs met and it isn't making a difference in the world, when we start to ask a larger question, we invite that larger answer to begin to operate through us. Instead of, how can I make this good I'm seeking appear? How can I make this happen? What if we're asking the wrong question? What if there's a higher question from a larger perspective, from, from a consciousness higher up? Maybe the question we should be asking is, what? And the practices of spiritual mind treatments and visioning move us into this higher consciousness where we are inviting an awareness of through me, of having the experience of life is happening through us. We're not giving up our responsibility. We're not releasing um, our re- ability to respond. Instead, what we're releasing is our control. You see, the by me, the to me is, is where we don't feel we have any control. And then we learn that there's a law. And then we begin to, oh, I can, I can make things happen. I can p- put vision boards up. I can, I can visualize and affirm things. I can use the law of attraction. What if there is something that's wanting to use us? What if we surrender in trust that this thing called life that is larger than our conditions, that is larger than the problems and and circumstances that we may look out and see and, and feel powerless over yet? We lean into that indwelling presence and we surrender to that. That is what we're surrendering to. And surrender is is not a, a, a word of powerlessness. Surrender is an intentional, dynamic act of power. And we are yielding to the what that is wanting to express because How do we even, do we even know the what yet? Spirit does. Spirit does. Next week, we'll talk more as we go into the as me. But so let me describe the vision and experience. It is a, most of you may be familiar with it already. If you're not, join us on Sunday mornings at 9.15 in our fellowship hall. And in April, we're going to be starting to have bi-weekly, we're going to have sessions during the week, which will be more formal as we um, vision together as a community around what is wanting to emerge. But the vision and experience, it's nothing strange. It's very simple. It's, it's intuitive. It's as simple as sitting down and asking a question like Newton did when he discovered gravity, as he learned the what, he allowed a question that he had never asked before regarding his current experience. He allowed himself to move into that space by asking a larger question from a perspective of there's something that I don't yet know. That is known, and it's known in me. So visioning, we take time to, to sit, we get go into silence. We connect to that field of love, intelligence, reaffirming our connection to it, like the wave being connected to the ocean. Here we are, our minds, our busy minds like the ripples on a pond, like the waves on an ocean. We go within to the deeper current that is there, that's wanting to emerge and to be known in the world. We invite ourselves, our highest selves to tune into the what of the higher vision, one that hasn't been known or experienced before. And we watch and listen. We listen to that move, the activity within us, it can be feelings, it can be thoughts, it can be colors, it can be it can be entire downloads. And when we're complete, when we know, when when we know that it's time to go about our, our day, our next activity, we anchor it in prayer. We anchor it in prayer. Dr. Holmes says this in The Science of Mind, he says that we should take the highest thought we have and a Attempt to enlarge on this consciousness until it embraces a more vital concept of reality. Consciousness, in this sense, means an embodiment of an inner embodiment of ideas. He writes this in the Science of Mind textbook. So we take Where we're at and what we're working with, the how that we think that we know. And through visioning, we are attempting to enlarge on this, embracing a more vital concept of reality. And this is what visioning can do for us as we practice it. Now, Michael Beckwith says about visioning and the questions it asks we normally ask five questions. We normally ask, What is spirit's highest vision or what's the highest idea in me? And and if that may seem too esoteric, you could even ask, what would my heart love? It can be as personal as that. What, What would that highest part of me love regarding whatever the topic is? And then we go into what must I embrace? What must I embrace? What must I become? What must I release? Is another question that we ask. So we ask typically five questions. And I'm not going, to, let me just go to the two that Beckwith says are the most important and really are an encapsulation of all the questions that we can ever ask. The first one is, and this is where we're inviting that vision to be known, where we say, What is? What is wanting to be known? what is spirit's highest vision? And then the second question that it really embraces all the rest is what must I embrace? What must I become? What must I embody to realize this vision? You see, we need to make space for it. We need to, to, because life is happening through us. This is a through me consciousness. And so in order for this what to be manifest in the world and in my experienced, it's going to call me to be and to show up in a different way. You see, the by me consciousness is all about the how and the through me is where we are releasing our control and trusting that there is a larger what that is wanting to be known. And we tune into that what. And we listen to what we must become, what we must embrace. This morning, I want to invite you to consider how open are you for spirit to do its work in you and through you. You know, we have ideas that we're convinced of. We, we may believe and we're convinced we know what we need in order for life to work properly for us. But what if we're seeing things darkly? What if we're seeing things like through a glass darkly, as Paul talks about in the New Testament? You know, we can't see around corners. We can't see through walls. Is there more that's wanting to be known? The filters of to me and by me can blind us. And what helps us move into this through me consciousness is when we let go of our attachment to the form. Instead of, oh, I'm going to manifest me, a hunk of hunk of burning love, (laughs) or some goddess We live in the question of what is the highest vision and what do I need to embrace? How can I open my arms for this vision that I may embrace it? Almost like the little girl who each night as she went to bed, she clung to the 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 paste pearls that she bought in a, a gumball machine. And every night her father would ask her and say, say, you know, c- can I have them? Can I have them? And she goes, no, these are my pearls. But when she released her attachment to the form and she offered it up, her father replaced them with a larger concept, a larger idea of string of pearls that he already had for his daughter. Visioning empowers us to open our hands up, to release our attachment to the form, and to embody a larger idea of what's wanting to operate and show up in the world through us. So what we're looking at today as we discuss with open arms, as we're talking about this, is really what more is available for us to embrace and embody and become in order to live in alignment with this vision? Embrace. What does that mean to embrace something? Embrace implies a level of receptivity. It implies a... Actually, a level of enthusiasm, you know, when this pandemic is over and, and, and even when it is safe for us to embrace those that we have not held or touched in over a year, in many cases, there's going to be a level of enthusiasm. Don't you think? I know so. We cannot have the experience of our highest good. We can't have the experience of our the what's wanting to emerge unless we're willing to receive it. And asking that question, what must I embrace? What we're really asking is, what must I be receptive to in order to bring me into alignment with that so that I can, you know, it's sort of like... <laughs> Just got the image in my mind of like when you're looking in, you're backing up your car. And if you have one of those cameras in your car, and, and just what must I embrace? What must I be receptive to? How what how do I back up into it? <laughs> right? And to back up into that space. How do I line up to it? What possibilities am I open to? What opportunities of growth am I welcoming? What ideas am I inviting into my consciousness? Am I allowing this to transform my continual evolution? When we talk about open arms, we're also talking about embracing. We're also talking about embodying. Embodying. Embodying an idea is when we are demonstrating it through our consciousness. When we're demonstrating it through our actions, to embody something, to demonstrate something, means to go beyond mental and intellectual understandings and machinations. It's to come from a heartfelt, a heartfelt, a heart known experience of this vision. And to begin to act from it, to act from that, to act as if. But it's not a faking it. It's a claiming it. It's a receiving. It's an embracing it. It is being the body and the place where this vision is showing up. Michael Beckwith, he writes in his book, Life Visioning. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to. It's a, it's a powerful book. It, it was written, back, I think, back in the 80s or, or it was in the 90s. But he says this. He says, by asking the qualities that you must cultivate in support of your vision, you come into direct contact with your growing edge. You come in contact with your growing edge. What is your growing edge? To realize a a life with love, what qualities are, are you being called to cultivate in order to have that greater love, in order to be doing work that inspires you? that fulfills you, that is in service to the world, what qualities are are you called to, what are you called to become and to embrace and to embody? This is your growing edge. And this is what visioning reveals to us if we allow ourselves. You know, we have blind spots. We think, you know, my father used to say, you think you know it all. <laughs> well, he was telling me as a teenager, and you know, and that can be a, that's a normal stage of, of development where we think that we know it all and we're exercising our independence. But a higher way of living, a through me consciousness is when we're asking spirit within us. <sighs> I've had some blind spots. I can't see around the corner. I can't see through walls. This love that I'm seeking, this health that I'm seeking, what more is wanting to be, operate through me? And who must I become? What must I be in order to realize this? The vision calls us, it pulls us towards it. The possibilities of our life are infinite. And it starts with us embracing them. Visioning, spiritual mind treatment, they put us in a position of having a consciousness of through me and it's through me when we really can embrace our larger, possibility what are you open to welcoming into your life with open arms today i want to offer you an affirmation to work with this week and i've been offering one each um each week and this one this week has to do with us and our open arms With open arms, I embrace my transformation. Transformation is where we are changing one form into another. Where we are stepping into a larger evolution. With open arms, I embrace my transformation. And when we're embracing that, spirit is using us. It's operating through us. That's we can experience life that way. Next week we are going to be wrapping up our discussion and visioning. We're going to be talking about as me. And we're going to be talking about it specifically from committing to our transformation. So you're asking. At-